Thanks for downloading the RCF podcast. You're about to hear a message from our lead pastor, Felix Gilbert, in week four of our series, Impact. This week's message is titled, Anointed for Impact. Let me uh, read Luke chapter four, and I will bring you up to speed really, really quick and share, and then we're going to go over to a place where I want to illustrate what I believe the passage is saying. Look at verse 18. Luke 4 and 18, and if you are there, let me hear you say amen. amen. Okay. Here is how, and you've heard this for the past three weeks. This is your fourth now. The Spirit of the Lord is on me um, because he has anointed me. This is Jesus talking. To preach good news to the poor, he sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Verse 20 says, Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, sat down, and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, let me be um, didactic for a little while and ask you all to repeat after me. Say, The Spirit of the Lord is in me. Everybody needs to say that, that. If you're saved, say this. Say, the Spirit of the Lord is in me because he has anointed me to preach to the poor, to proclaim freedom to prisoners, to open blinded eyes, to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Yeah, I need, I need to um, just be repetitive in that for a particular reason because I want you to get pointedly what God is saying so we don't miss what God is saying in the text. The primary purpose, I'm just going to go here real quick, of your anointing, of my anointing, and if you, this is your first Sunday and you've been missing what I've been teaching and what I've been saying, I just want to invite you to go online and download the podcast and get caught up. Because today I'm just doing practicum after we've done all the theory, okay? So let me just sum up what I've been teaching like this. Um, The primary purpose of your anointing is not to have good church, even though that is part of it. Everybody okay with me? Because a lot of people misinterpret what I'm saying, and it caused, those of you that have been here, a lot of stink, a lot of conversation, some intense discussions. But the primary purpose of your anointing is not so much to have good church, but it is empower you to do what God created and destined you to do. Everybody okay with that? Okay? So, so um, be careful, and we've been talking about this a lot on Wednesday night, distinguishing from an anointed song versus good gifts. Are you with me? So be careful with that stuff. And so here's how I kind of laid this out. Let me bring you up to speed, is that Jesus' early life um, he kind of functioned in church, and here were the words that I use, absent anointing, okay? I know that caused a lot of confusion in a lot of people, but the point that I want you all to get is that Jesus was very, very effective in ministry, absent anointing. And if you weren't here, you're going to miss, you miss this. Now, this has nothing to do with the fact that he was God and man at the same time, when I say to you, Jesus functioned absent anointing, I am talking about the flesh man Jesus, not the God man Jesus. Everybody okay with that? Are you with me? And then, so here's how that thing fleshed itself out. 
at his baptism, when John baptized him at the Jordan River, um, he shows up, the windows of heaven opened up, and the Spirit descended upon him like a dove, and Jesus, God himself said from heaven, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And the text continues, by then he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be, for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. But the reason he can withstand the temptation in the flesh, because you'll notice the test was against the flesh, it wasn't against the spirit, is because he was anointed at that point in time. All right? This is free. You can handle it because the presence of God is in your life. Oh, somebody say amen. You just need to know who you are, okay? So now Jesus is on the back end of his uh, wilderness wanderings, his equipping, his consecration. He comes back to the temple, and the thing that I want you all to see about Jesus now He's about to begin his public ministry, so his ministry style changes. Okay? Now for Jesus, it's not only about going to church and ministering in church, and listen to the words I'm going to use, being equipped in church. He tells the congregation, now that I'm 30 years old, I need to start doing what I was sent to do, and I need to start doing what I was anointed to do, okay? So before we had good church, this is going to sound so weird, but y'all walk with me, absent anointing. Ugh. But now that the anointing has come, yes, it can improve our worship experience, but the real reason is not to trap me inside this wall for the sole purpose of shouting, Come on, guys, somebody say amen. I want y'all to track with me. But, but I've got work to do because there's people out there who needs my anointing more than you. Matter of fact, matter of fact, when Jesus started to live out his true reason for being anointed, the scribes and the Pharisees in today's um, context, that would be the deacons and the elders and the pastors and the church leaders, were getting upset with him because he wouldn't come to church and sit with them up in the pulpit. And he wouldn't do in their midst what he was doing out in the community. So here's his justification. I didn't come for the well, but for the sick and to bring sinners where? to repentance, okay? So he was anointed for impact, so he had to go out in the community to do impact. This is gonna, I want y'all to hear me in this, and, and, and if I need to revisit this, I'm willing to do this, because, and I'm saying this uh, cautiously, in here, even though there might be some literal poor, there shouldn't be poor people in here. Even though some of us might be in crazy situation, in here we shouldn't still be caught in captivity. In here, they shouldn't be people still trapped in oppression. In here, um, everybody in here should be experiencing the year of the Lord's favor. That's the present and the future aspect of kingdom. So here's Jesus. Since that is happening, I need to go out there and share my anointing with people who are still poor, people who are still in captive, people who are still bound, oppressed. Come on, y'all. People who are not yet experiencing the year of the Lord's 
favor. So I've got work to do. So he says, I didn't come for the well because you guys are already free and delivered and all that good stuff. I'm making some assumptions, okay? But I've come for the sick and to bring the sinners to repentance. So I need to go out in the communion and do what God called me to do. So I've been anointed for impact. Come on, say anointed for impact. Okay, so what I want to do is I want, I, I think Mark gives us, I'm just going to hit this real quick and talk a couple of things, um, and I don't know how far I get, I'll just kind of share. Mark gives us a great example of Jesus using his anointing to have impact, and I want you and I to take a quick look at this story that I'm going to show you to show you how you and I can have ministry impact and be like Jesus in the community. Are you guys with me? Go to Mark chapter 10. Go to Mark chapter 10. And let me just um, walk through this. And I won't be um, praying that I won't be too long. And jump down to verse 46. Yeah. Mark chapter 10, verse 46 and let us walk down, walk down through what this thing is saying. Say amen if you are there. Okay. Verse 46 um, from the NIV opens up, and I pray everybody can get there so we can see this together. Verse 46 says, they came to Jericho, and Jesus and his disciples, this is time has passed, and a large crowd were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and said to him, be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, he said, have mercy on me. I love verse 49 because I'm guilty of 49 of not doing it. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. I love verse 50. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. And if I'm Jesus, Jesus is like saying probably this is what it's all about right here. And verse 52, he said, go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and don't miss the order. And he did what? Everybody say this. He did what? He did what? Followed Jesus where? Along the road. Let me start at the end and I'll go to the top. The reason a lot of us are not following Jesus or a lot of people are not following Jesus along the way is because they're still blind, they're still captive, they're still oppressed, they haven't experienced liberty and they're not experiencing the year of the Lord's favor. So they have no reason to follow Jesus because check this out, he hadn't done nothing for them yet. Are you with me? So I can't see, so I don't know which way to go. Is everybody tracking with me? Come on, say amen if you're here. Now, let me give you a little bit of context, and we're going to walk through this. Um, the time of this text, Jesus had just finished performing um, uh, his ministry. He was just doing ministry um, in Jericho, like the author says. And if you read Matthew, and I think Luke has a, a rendition of this same um, passage, Jesus is now finishing up his ministry of impact 
And he and his ministry, he probably done a whole lot of miraculous stuff, healing the sick, feeding uh, the hungry, doing all doing Jesus stuff. Let me put it that way. So now he's about to leave uh, Jericho and travel on the 15 mile journey northeast to Jerusalem, and the people that he impacted is following him. But what's striking to me about the text, they got theirs and they're following him, but they don't want nobody else to get theirs too. Come on, y'all, that's like us, okay? We're so busy following Jesus, Lord, ah, that, that we don't want nobody else to get theirs because our anointing is for the church and we don't understand it, okay? Uh, and I'm putting myself in the boat because I'm just as guilty as these crowd followers, okay? So now they're following Jesus along the way. Let's walk with the text. Let's walk with the text. And look at the character traits of this guy. Verse 46 says, they came to Jericho. And Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city. And it says, what kind of a man? A blind man. And then the author gives us his name. That is um, Bartimaeus. And his familial connection, son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside doing what? Begging. Okay. So now here's the thing that when I look at verse 46, um, I see Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19 I see this man fitting that criteria perfectly. Number one, I've come, I'm anointed for the blind, for the, um, the, those that are captives, those that are um, oppressed to proclaim the year of so on and so forth. So the text says pointedly about Bartimaeus that he was blind. Come on, say he was blind. Okay. Now, his condition is a state of blindness, meaning that he could not see. In Bartimaeus' case, this is a literal blindness. In some of our cases, it is a spiritual blindness. Are you with me? So, look at his location and look at his position. He is sitting by the roadside, and his occupation is he is begging. He is sitting by the roadside, and he is begging. Now, what that says to me, his condition and his position and his location says to me he was held captive by his condition of being blind. Why do you say that, preacher? Because he couldn't get where he wanted to go. He had to stay right where somebody put him, so he was captive. I wish I had somebody in here. Are you with me? He was captive. Not only was he captive, his occupation is indicative of the truth that he was poor because the author says he was begging. He couldn't provide for himself. He had no sustenance for himself, so he was dependent on people to place him in a particular position because he was blind, he was held captive by his friend, and he was in a position of poverty because based on all societal norms, the man was poor. And if I'm blind and I'm captive and I'm poor, oppression probably is going to set in. I wish I had somebody. Are you with me? More times to come on. Don't. You get oppressed when you can't pay the bills. Well, men, maybe you don't, but your wife does, and she tells you about it. You don't believe me? Come home without money one time. She'll make you oppress, all right? And, 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 and so here's the thing. This man was a prime candidate to be a recipient 
of the favor of the Lord or his year of jubilee or to experience kingdom now because he met the criteria that's outlined in Luke chapter 4. So Jesus' anointing fit this man perfectly. And the point I'm really trying to get us to understand, and we're going to see this as we kind of go through the text, your anointing and my anointing are to fit the descriptives of people that falls in the shoe of Bartimaeus. Now, they might not be literally blind, but they're in a situation where they can't see their way out. Come on, come on, come on. They, they, they might not be physically poor, but their spirit is so jacked up they can't experience joy. They, they, they might not be in a physical captivity situation, but they might be in a bad marriage or a bad relationship or some bad condition that has them bound that's resulting in oppression in their life. And your job and my job, based on our anointing, is to declare the year of the Lord. Are you with me? To get them out. Come on, can I get an amen? Amen. I want you all to laugh. Come on, come on, say. So listen to me real quick. Keep an eye out for Bartimaeus. (laughs) And some of us have already passed him by. (laughs) He might be living with some of us. (laughs) Okay, keep an eye out for Bartimaeus. So let's go to work. Let's look at the text, okay? Now, now look at verse 47. When he, you got to say amen if you're there. When he heard, I need to say this carefully, that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have what? Jesus, son of David, have what? Come on, one more time. Jesus, son of David, have what? Now, now watch this. Watch this. Verse 48. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. First observation, and we're going to move through this really quick. I thank God that Bartimaeus didn't call the crowd for help. Because had he called on the crowd... The author gives us detail in the text. The crowd would have passed him by because they didn't have time for him. Because the text pointedly said, shut up, fool. Jesus didn't come for you. He's on his way for revival (laughs) in Jerusalem. And so his anointing doesn't fit people like you. You're disturbing the master. That's why we don't let you in the synagogue. So you think the master has time for you? Shut up. And they forgot in the previous town the reason they were following him because like Bartimaeus, I wish I had somebody in here, Jesus stopped and paid attention to them. Are you with me? You see the connection now? We get ours, but we forget about those who need theirs because we're so busy following Jesus. Oh, we, oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. So I thank God, I thank God, I thank God that, 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 that Bartimaeus didn't say, hey, crowd, help me, okay? Now, now let, me, let, let me say this. One of the things we need to start to learn how to do, and I don't know how we do this, is we need to stop people from calling Church people for help. Uh 
Because church people can't help nobody. Only Jesus can. I wish I had. Let me, let me go to the next one. Let me go. Verse 47. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Son of David, have what? Mercy on me. Verse 48. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, and he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy. Where? Now, I'm stretching a little bit to make this point, so I want you all to, to, to just go there with me for a little while. Jesus was in the crowd, but Bartimaeus wasn't after the crowd. He was after what was in the crowd. And the crowd thought they wanted him, so they told him, shut up. And he kept repeating himself, I'm not after you all. I'm after what's in the midst of you. <laughs> because you really can't do nothing for me. Only what's in the middle of you or who's in the middle of you can do something for me. Now, I said it that way because people really don't want you. They want what's in the middle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Now, the reason I want to, I think that's an important point because we need to distinguish ourselves from the anointing that's on the inside. Let me tell you why. If you don't make the distinction, you'll mess around and use your natural gift to try, I wish, to try to help a person versus the spiritual gift, and you move you out of the way and allow God to take over. It's very, very simple. Let me illustrate this way. It's very, very simple for people, and I know I sound like I'm harping on the worship team. I love them. Please don't miss. I love my worship team. We got the best team. But it's easy for people who can sing. When you're going through a depression, you say, sing me a song, and they can roll, curl, and, and it's very easy for the flesh to meet the need and not the God on the inside. They don't want you. They want what's in the middle. So when you show up, you, not need, to tell, you need to learn how to tell yourself, stay out of the way so what's on the inside can take over. I know y'all saying, I don't know where he's going with that. Let me tell you where I'm going with this. Because when you show up, you'll tell them, shut up. Every person in here has passed by a person on the street and drove right by them because what's on the inside didn't show up, you did. And here's the response. Let me stop saying you. Let me say we or me, put myself in it. They need to go get a job. They need to always begging, always wanting something, always in need. Get their life together. I don't know why they can't shake that thing. That's not what's on the inside talking. That's you. And because we talk before the Spirit, the likelihood of us helping the Bartimaeuses of the world is minimal because like the crowd in the text, we tell Bartimaeus, shut up. Oh, come on, guys. Y'all, y'all, at least say amen. Let me know I'm saying something. Are you with me? 
Because I'm pretty sure this week somebody has asked you for something and it rubbed the outside. Come on, it rubbed the out. Come on, 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 come on. And, 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 and they could never see the Jesus because he's in the middle of the crowd and all they could see. Are you with me? Is this making sense? Be careful, be careful, be careful in your ministry and anointing, in using your anointing to separate the flesh from the spirit. So when you show up, be like Jesus. Take the time. Father, I really want to cuss him out. But Lord, nevertheless, not my will, but yours. All right, let's do this. <laughs> you kind of get, oh, come on, guys. Come on, come on, come on, come on. You, you, you wonder why you have arguments in your marriages? It's because it's not Jesus to Jesus or spirit to spirit. It's flesh to flesh. Because they encountered your outside and you showed them your outside and you refused to let the God on the inside take over because you didn't stop to say, nevertheless, not your will. Hold up, God. I got this one. My will. Same thing on your job, same thing in business. Say, come on, come on, come on, come on. People don't need the crowd. They need the God on the inside. Does this make sense? And, and, and it's very, very difficult to separate the two, but we must learn how to be like Jesus, okay? Let me hurry on. Let me keep going. Let me keep reading. Keep reading here, okay? So um, verse 48 Men rebuked him and told him, be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. 49, Jesus stopped and called him, okay, on the inside. So this is free. Learn to see people in their created destiny, not their current circumstance. Learn to see people in their created destiny, not their current circumstance, because the current circumstance will cause you to walk on, created destiny will cause you to stop. Jesus stopped because he knew his condition, his con location, his, um, his, 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 his position did not define who he was. God created him for something else. And his anointing was to be used to call that thing out. Everybody okay with me? Let's go. I want to hurry up. I want to get to this. Verse 49, Jesus stopped and called him. So they called the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling um, you. And then uh, verse 50. And I'm, I'm not going to go too deep. I'm just going to hang out here because I want us to get this one point to kind of wrap everything that I'm saying around you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. One more time. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to what? My job, your job, in walking in the anointing is to work where God is working, not to invite God to work where we want him to work. Does that make sense? Okay. 
Our job is to work where God is working, not where we want him to work. Okay, let me move on with this real quick because I want to I hit this real quick. So throwing his cloak aside, what was his cloak? His cloak was the thing that he spread on the floor, um, that he sat there day in and day out. It was the thing that had him captive. It was the thing that had him in oppression. It was the thing that communicated to everybody that this guy is blind, he is restricted here, and he needs your help. Now watch this. Jesus calls his name, and the first thing he does is he gets up to his feet, and he takes the cloak, and he throws it aside, and he says, I won't be needing that no more. Let me say this this way. You cannot do anything for anybody, anointed or not, if they plan on coming to Jesus with their cloak. The reason people manipulate us is because they're not done yet. They really don't want God. They just want what you have. This is, I love this. You run across somebody, come by here, and they'll say, um, well, Pastor, I, um, I'm on the street, and I just need a place to stay for the night. Can y'all give me some money to get a hotel? And we'll say, um, hey, man, uh, what's the name of the hotel? We'll just pay it, and you'll be okay. No, no, no. Uh, just give me the money, and I'll go pay it. That's the person that's still carrying the cloak. You, you got to be able to recognize that in your family members as well because a whole lot of us, are, I wish I had somebody in here, is, is, is trying to help family members that are carrying the cloak. Are you with me? And they come to you and they're asking for help and you're trying to prescribe something, but they've got a solution. Remember with me, they're blind, they're captive, they're in bondage, they need experience. They don't know no better, but they want to tell... They want to tell you what they need. They're carrying the cloak. Watch Bartimaeus. When he encountered Jesus, he threw the cloak aside. The reason I'm, I'm going to pick on you a lot, Frank, the reason I had Frank stand up is whenever I encounter a person that's going through something and I say, go see Frank, he'll help you. And Frank say, hey, we have classes on such and such a night. And they start to make excuses about why they can't go to class. Can we be honest? For your anointing to really work and for Jesus to do what God wants done in your life, you must, people must be willing to get rid of the cloak. Are you with me? That's what repentance is all about. Come on, is this making sense? Say amen, okay? And, and I want to, so watch, let, me, let me keep moving because I don't want to be long. Um, he got to Jesus. What do you want me to do? And this is, there's a whole lot there, but I'm not going to deal with that. Uh, Jesus asked him, the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Long and short of it, Jesus heals him. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight. And this is what I want to say. And he did what? Followed Jesus along where? Yeah. When I first started the series, one of the things that I said to you all is, we bring people in the church to experience the pastor's anointing or the leader's anointing. And so what we do is we pick up a whole lot of Bartimaeuses and we put them in our car or we give them an invite card. And please, somebody missed, you guys have been misunderstanding. I am not saying don't invite people to church. Please invite people to church. But more importantly, I want you to know who you are. Are you with me? Okay. 
and we bring them to church, cloak, everything, and they come to church, and the church is filled with a bunch of jacked up people. And then here's how it comes out. That church ain't got no ministry for me. Ain't nothing going on in there because everybody's looking to this guy, listen to this, to open the doors of the church for your time of ministry. I mean that. We've had meetings where folk wanted to vote me out. You don't open the doors of the church. You don't know who you are in Christ. Here's what Jesus did. In the community, healed him, took care of him, and then discipled him into relationship. So when he shows up in the synagogue on Sunday, guess what he's not? He's not poor. He's not blind. He's not oppressed. He's not in captivity. And he has experienced the year of the Lord's favor because it happened by golly in the current community, anointed for impact. So when he comes to church, he's not waiting for God to do something for him. He is celebrating what God already did in him. So they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. When it comes time for testimony, here's him. I was blind, but now I see. I was lame, but now I walk. Come on. I was poor, but God met my need. I was, he, he, he is talking now the true purpose of anointing because the Spirit of the Lord was on Christ and Christ impacted him. Now he's celebrating the impact. So guess what he's going to go out to do? Yeah, you guys get it. You 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 get it. Okay? Now, I'm done. Let me say this. The reason I had Frank stand is a lot of us don't know how to throw the cloak away. Right? Come on, y'all. And we have baggage and we have burden and, 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 and the church messed us up because they brought us in all messed up. Let's be honest with ourselves. I, I was saved at the age of 12, and truth be told, I really didn't get saved till I was like 30-something. Because <laughs> I was in church shucking and jiving and doing all kinds of crazy stuff, and, and I'm married, and I'm pastoring, and I'm just, the, I'm, I'm worse off than the members because the church brought me and jacked up. Nobody took the time in the discipleship process to say, young man, you've given your heart to Christ. Are you with me? You can't do that. You need to stop this. You need to, come on, come on, talk to me, y'all, and, and walk me through a process of discipleship so that when I came in, I know how to function in the body. And so I came in, and I needed a Frank in the body. I needed uh, a Jackie in the body. I needed, come on, are you with me? I needed somebody in the body to help me work through the process. Because <sighs> I was already in. So here's what I want to do. For those of us that slipped through the cracks and were in and life is messed up, it's time now for the anointing in the house to work in your life to clean us all up so we can be whole going out. Does that make sense? Does that make, can you understand? 
So this is the other side of body anointing. So in, 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 I come to and I've got this, and so there's a gift and ministry of healing in the house to help me heal. There is a, a prophetic word in the house to help me hear the right now of God. There's an apostolic gifting to bring order to my life. There is all this stuff now in the house to operate to help me to become whole because I slipped in. <laughs> Jacked up. Are you with me? I'm comfortable in saying that the majority of Christendom did not get jacked up in the church. They came in that way. I'm comfortable in saying that. I'm comfortable in saying that. Are you with me? And so now we, we, we forget the importance of anointing in the community, and all we want to do is use anointing amongst ourselves, and nobody's getting saved. This is the both and. We need it. We need it. We need it. But my point is this. Quit bringing jacked up people in the church. Use your gifting. Use your anointing. Be Christ to them because you have come to the poor, to the blind, to those in captive, those in liberty. So live life with people and pour yourself into them. Let them see the God in you. Such that when they walk in the door, they are, listen to the terms, a disciple of yours. Old folk, y'all don't know nothing about this. Used to sing a song, will there be any stars in my crown, any stars, any stars in my crown. Here was the basis of that song. I go out witnessing and evangelizing two by two every single day, and I'm praying that God would use me to heal somebody, to lead somebody to a relationship to Christ, such that when I get to heaven, there's going to be a plethora of people waiting for me to get there because my anointing, impa my anointing impacted them on earth. Okay? That's the importance of that. So I want us to realize, people, that God has called you to celebrate him in here, yes. But if we're going to realize this vision that God has given us, you have to tap into the gifting that you have in your place of employment, in the places where you live, in all of that good stuff. Here's how Matthew put it. Let your light so shine before people that they may see your what? Good works and bring glory to who? God in heaven. So here's how we started. Keep an eye out for Bartimaeus. <laughs> and make sure you don't pass him by. Now, if you encounter a Bartimaeus and he or she is saying help and they pick up the cloak to come, go on about your business. Don't try to change people. Let the God in you do the changing. Are you with me? Very, very important. Because this is going to, I want you all to hear me carefully. We spend a lot of time in church trying to counsel people who don't even have God in them. <laughs> they got like 20 cloaks. <laughs> it's a different thing to counsel a believer who's carrying a cloak because you can point them to scriptures like this and say, put the cloak down. And then you can teach them on how to put it down. Unsafe folk don't know that. Guys, are you with me? I just need to point that out. We're going to get excited in the upcoming weeks, but I just need to lay this out really quick. Be careful of passing Bartimaeus, but you're anointed for impact. Use your impact to revolutionize the world. Amen? Amen. 
So here's what I want to do. I want to take a moment to pray. Um, and, and the Lord just laid this on my heart because I, I, I used to be guilty of this. And there are times I still are, I am guilty of this where um, you slip through the cracks and you come in with all your stuff and you don't know how to deal with it. I just want to take a moment to pray and in ministry this morning. And I know the hour is a little late, but I just need to do this real quick. For, for that person or those individuals that's saying, man, I am going through a struggle right now and I need the body. Okay? I need, I need the giftings of this house to cover me, to help me to deal with me. Come on, y'all. Come on, come on. Come on. Don't act like you don't have nothing. Okay? I need, I need the Franks. You, you kind of get what I'm saying? I need, I need the people in this house that are equipped like that, that can walk me through a process to help me lay the cloak down because it's heavy. And watch this now. In the church, I am oppressed. <laughs> and I feel poor. And I feel captive. And I feel... That's not the cultural norm. That's abnormal. Because when you come to Christ, whom the Son therefore has set free, is what? Free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're going through these things, this is where the giftings in the house. This is where we cover you. This is where we pray. This is where we have the ministries and the counseling and all that stuff now to walk you through. Come on, worship team. Come on. And I want us to take a moment to just search our hearts. Bow your heads with me wherever you are. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope that you can find a way to impact the community around you through this church or a local church around you. We also encourage you to find a church to get connected to, whether that's here at RCF or somewhere that's just close to you. Thanks for listening.